Yeah, technology. You're right. Yeah, I thought so. I saw right before we started recording that Google's announced that seriously they're going to build a nice phone now, for sure, at this time, for real. With their own chip. With their own SOC, which is their chip and possibly stuff made by other people, too. So it's not it's like, like... It's like a chip and dip. Yes, right. They're doing a dip, they're doing a chip, they're doing a little bit of a flip. And they called it Tensor after their like AI stuff, because that's the sure. only interesting name they could think of, or... <laughs> Well, it's like it's like Apple with its like bionic chips or yeah, whatever. Like, okay, it's now not that you say bionic, that, that is stupid. <laughs> like, it doesn't it doesn't do anything bionic. But it, I mean, the Tensor thing is essentially their equivalent of like a neural engine, right? Like that's that's kind of it's tuned for doing AI and machine learning stuff, and that's where Google's special sauce comes into play. I guess you could say. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how popular the Pixel phones are these days. I mean, they used to be like. I remember people saying if you wanted to buy a decent Android phone that got software updates, buy a Pixel. But since I don't know anyone who has an Android phone anymore, just because of the pandemic, I don't know anyone. Oh, uh, just because I eliminate all them as friends. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, if I see that green bubble, you know. You're cut. It's, it's goodbye. Uh, I'm not elitist. <laughs> You're just a realist. I understand. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, unlike Guy, I didn't have any anxiety about needing to prepare for being on this show again. <laughs> my my standards have slipped so much since the last time you had me on. I think if the pandemic has taught us anything, it's that nobody cares about anything. Oh, wow. <laughs> for me, if it's the pandemic has taught us anything, it's just don't have hope or care. Just yeah, uh, this is going to be a little awkward, James, because Lex and I we sent you the music for the three part harmony that we're doing, but if you didn't <laughs> check that ahead of time, awkward uh yeah well you know, we can fix it in post. you can improvise yeah. it's gonna be fine <laughs> uh I, I should have said health workers care nobody else oh good for them yeah google i mean i think you're right that the pixel was for a while the thing that everybody talked about it like if you're gonna get a google phone you know buy buy and buy one from google uh, that's why they call it a google phone and it seems like they've kind of made a half-hearted stab at this there's some suggestion that this is something that's been in the works for a long time because they bought the hardware side of uh, HTC mm. yeah, several years me. ago. <laughs> Lex just here to pepper in with those very uh, timely pop culture references. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Do you ever think about buying a Pixel? Just like James, you do software development. Do you think uh, ever like think about dipping your toe in just to see what it's like and if you would consider making apps for Android? Or is that just like a non-starter? No, I mean, it's bad enough making apps for Apple. Uh, <laughs> why would I want to do it for another <laughs> giant company? No, I mean, like, there is only a limited amount of me and my brain is already <laughs> full and having a hard time adapting to new stuff. I don't have have it in me to learn like a completely new os and apis and also sort of what i've heard from other developers is that nobody really likes to buy software on android mm. so you know if you're trying to actually make a living from it it doesn't seem like the platform to target at least as a sort of uh small indie developer type. that's long been the reputation and i've never heard anything to indicate that that's not the case anymore right? yeah yes right. i it, it's like the linux of uh smartphones i really. mean yeah pretty much i don't know i'm i looked at the design it was like oh, it's, it's not bad design I, I think it looks decent for a phone uh, they, they've taken an interesting approach for that 
like well cameras you know they're gonna make bumps we're just gonna make a huge bar across the back and it's like it's a choice i don't think it's necessarily a terrible one but it is definitely it's distinctive right in the same way i feel like that the notch on the iphone is distinctive in the sense of like well we kind of have to embrace this thing that doesn't necessarily let us make the the exact device that we want to make because you know we have not figured out how to embed those cameras in the screen quite yet in the same way that we can't figure out how to make like you know better lenses without having to increase the physical thickness of a phone so we're just going to kind of go with it and i think that's a fine uh, option uh it includes a 4x optical uh telephoto which i think is something that uh, i think apple's gonna have to do that i think they're gonna have to do the same thing where they do the sort of like uh, like periscope lens where it it basically turns it sort of horizontally and then like bounces it because i think they're they're not gonna want to sit there thinking you know, Google makes a phone with a better camera system than we do. Right. And it, it, it speaks to a thing that we have discussed for, I think, years, both on this show and in virtual print on Macworld.com. That's how long we've been talking about it. But I'm not opposed to a thicker phone. Yeah, <laughs> I know right. that there's this obsession with it being thin. And I totally get that if you put out a phone right now that was just, you know, twice as thick as everybody else's and said we have a much better camera, that people would be like, boy, that's a thick phone. But maybe what if we tried it as an option? <laughs> because if that thick phone was like all thickness for lenses and then just more battery and my phone lasted for three days and took better pictures, like I'd be okay with it being like as thick as my wallet. <laughs> that's fine. So, so maybe like... Hey, last year we got a mini phone. This year we get a thick phone, and that's your like your one option. The iPhone 13 thick with two Cs. Is yeah, that, is that <laughs> yeah? It, it definitely. I think the thing that bothered me the most about the announcement of this was the tweet thread that had very much the sort of uh, fellow kids energy <laughs> to it. And <laughs> it just it's energy. <laughs> I I didn't see the tweet thread. I only read the blog post, which because I'm uh, over forty. Um, you know. <laughs> what well, my dad? Much. <laughs> yeah. Play the role of Moltz is uh, James. Yeah, if you need a grumpy old man, I <laughs> yeah, that's right. I'm the middle <laughs> child this week. <laughs> Anyways, I I thought it was interesting that they also did the whole like pre-announcement thing, which is like we're going to announce these later, but we're going to tell you a bunch of stuff now. And like some tech sites got hands on with them, like The Verge and Gizmodo. I think both had pieces. They were like you know limited in what they could talk about or what they could take pictures of but it is sort of like a it feels like an attempt to steal the apple thunder a little bit right because when when the iphone usually comes out in mid-september google doesn't often do an event before that and so i think they're trying to like soften it up or something i don't know it's it's an interesting approach i don't know if it'll work for them the tweets uh said oh we've got these great new cameras but we can't actually show you any photos (laughs) trust us they're great trust us they're amazing my uncle works with a guy who has seen these cameras (laughs) and i've heard they are amazing (laughs) what could the reason be for not showing the photos unless they're like if they're saying we haven't finished (laughs) like well i think that's they haven't finished the software probably because i think these phones these days you know it's like slap a bunch of lenses in and then most of it's done in software and yeah. so well, the, the hardware might be final, but the software is. They've got the tricky, like, they have to thread that needle between if you just show hand-picked photos, everyone will assume they're cherry-picked, right? Yeah, of course you pick the best-looking ones. And if you can't, then back show that up. Show us your worst photos, yeah, Google. <laughs> yeah, show us the worst pictures you've taken. And if you can't back that up by letting people, like, try it out, then it yeah. feels, like, extra, like, okay, maybe this is all talk. But it does seem weird that they're still willing to be like, no, no, it takes awesome photos. It's the best. I believe them. I mean, uh, when sure. has Google ever misled them, is what I like to say. <laughs> they said that we got a gigabyte of email storage on that fateful April 1st, and we did. 
Nobody mm. believed him at the time, but mm. I trusted, and I was mm. right. Like that time they uh, they mapped Mars too, right? Didn't they like send people to Mars? I don't know. They did. Yeah. Are we going to talk about billionaire space? No, uh, billionaire space. Not. Billionaire space club was a one off. <laughs> okay, just checking. You know. <laughs> Hope you enjoyed your trip, Lex. I know very very few billionaires who went to space. I can slack very very few billionaires who went to space. Of all the billionaires who went to space, I, at most one of them is you know in a slack with me. But can well, you send him a gif? <laughs> can you send him a gift twice <laughs> yeah uh other than let's see there were there was something else i was going to mention and i of course i'm scrolling back through headlines oh the mark german had a bunch of stuff in his uh, newsletter this week talking about basically the the apple silicon transition and there were some stories going around this morning too that a bunch of the unreleased models were showing up in database filings in the eu basically so it seems likely that 14 and 16 inch macbook pros are coming out Barely, sometime in September, October would be the guess. But that seems to be it for this. It looks like, oh, I think there's a Mac Mini maybe also in the offing. But that seems like it for this year. It seems like everything else is happening next year, which is a bummer for me as someone who would like to replace his 27-inch iMac with an Apple Silicon iMac that's comparable. It seems like I'm waiting another, maybe up to another year. Yeah, I mean, like the, I think it said that the the Mac Pro was likely to be the last and just scraping it in under the wire of the 2022 or whatever, the two-year transition. It says they're going to do an, another Intel version first, which was also rumored last week. That, that makes no sense to me. I mean, like, I can understand. I mean, well, no, I don't understand because, like, with the previous <laughs> Mac Pro, they left it sitting there for, like, six years or whatever. Well, maybe that's updated. the plan here. It's like, well, let's let's put in the best, like, you know, the state-of-the-art at the time right now and then that's just going to coast off into the sunset and if you really need like a high performance intel machine to get your shit done for the next seven years you're going to buy next (laughs) year's and that's it enjoy otherwise just buy the m1 mac uh, minis and duct tape lots of them together right right well i assume maybe there are people who still need it for like boot camp or something like that and because that's not there yet they figure well if this lasts you six or seven years by the time by that point We'll have figured out a deal to license the, you know, Windows on ARM or whatever. Yeah. I, I'm still I'm still just disappointed that it wasn't the the Mac Pro wasn't the first ARM machine as I was predicting for years. Are you disappointed because your prediction was wrong or because you just wanted it to be true? <laughs> no, I wanted to be right. A little I mean, both. Yeah. It's, it's, it's yeah. really Yeah, I mean I I, I am now the, the proud user of two different M1 Macs, a personal one and a work one. And my personal one was the uh the Mac Mini. And I love that one. But the the laptops, I know people had told me that the battery life was great but boy once you use it the battery life really is great i was on an airplane uh, for many many hours wearing a mask of course and you know using crappy internet airplane level wi-fi and i feel like that's that crappy wi-fi has to be worse on your computer in some ways because it's trying so hard to do things that it wants to do and it's it's harder it takes longer to do everything but i was just i was amazed like i did this this five hour flight where i was online the entire time and working the entire time and had more than half my battery left when we landed it really blew my mind yeah the battery life is is bananas i i frequently forget to plug in the laptop now like i'll put it down when i'm done with it at the end of the day and then I'll pick it up the next day and be like, ah, I forgot to charge. And it's like, who cares? I have 70% of my battery left. Which is how I used to feel about my iPad Pro. And now I feel that way also about my MacBook Pro, which is pretty exciting. I feel like my iPad Pro, my four-year-old iPad Pro, has gotten to the point where the battery is now. I frequently pick it up and it's like, ooh, you have 10% left. I'm like, oh, man. I think the battery on it's just just going. But I don't know. I'm not I'm not ready to upgrade yet. Maybe soon. That's a different podcast. Yeah, I think like with all this stuff, it's... 
we're, we're reaching that point where the the M1 is starting to look old and tired, and it's what? like, <laughs> g- give us the new thing, the M2, I, the I, M7. I, Let's pick a number. We'll do it. M and M. Ooh, I like this. Uh, yeah. Please go ahead, James. No, no, I'm, I'm, I'm just sort of. Uh, I was trying to think of something funny, and it completely failed. So, uh, <laughs> so you know, I was it. hoping that you would just keep going. Regular uh, listeners of this program know that there's a couple things we do to to support the show, to make the show happen, and one of those is we have ads, and we'll get to that. But we also have Rebound Prime, where you can become a paying member of this very show, and uh, that means you get bonus episodes. You get the James episode every week. Uh, <laughs> a few of those. Uh, bootlegs and you get the ability to submit us questions at prime.reboundcast.com and we have a question from uh, prime listener joe and prime listener joe writes when i use my siri remote the new clicks too loud edition i hold it in my right hand facing up to talk to siri i press the siri button with my thumb and raise the remote to my mouth in such a way that i'm talking to the back of it the entire remote is below and to the left of my mouth do you also hold the remote like you're calling in an airstrike, or is there something wrong with me? I can't even get the full visual on this. I know. I, I, I'm, I'm trying to. I can can it. we have diagrams? Of okay, what wait. Exactly hold on. Is? You said you hold it in I your right hand. I press the Siri button with my thumb yeah. in my right hand facing up, and I raise the remote to my mouth in such a way that I'm talking to the back of it. So I think it's as if you're holding up you know, uh, one of those CB radio style walkie-talkies yeah, sure. things. I think it's like that. And the entire remote is below and to the left of my mouth. Okay. Do you also left. hold the remote like you're calling in an airstrike, or is there something wrong with me? No, there's something I, wrong I, with you, Joe. Yeah, there's something <laughs> sorry, wrong with Joe. you. I'm sorry. I, I don't like, uh, well, A, I don't tend to use Siri on the Apple TV full stop, but. <laughs> that means period. American. I tend to just like press it and just talk to it, like without raising it in any way to my face, because <laughs> I feel it can, it can hear me perfectly well. It chooses not to understand me, but. It can hit me. I, you know, I do lift it up, and I think that's just a function of like using the, the way you use a phone or something. But I agree with you; it probably doesn't require it. I just think there's a muscle memory thing happening there. I, I'm just like I've got images of Scotty picking up the mouse in uh, Star Trek Four. <laughs> Hello, computer. I, I don't have one of those fanciful Apple TVs, but I have a. <laughs> from for many years i have had an amazon fire stick and <laughs> when i mm-hmm, mm-hmm. how sure, quickly whatever. they sell yeah. out you i talked about on this show when i bought it <laughs> no nope, uh, i don't I think anybody will find ago. a reference to that anywhere and uh but so with that one i i think i used to hold it up but now i just press and talk and i have the uh the tivo version of this in my basement and i think with that one i just press and talk now i don't uh, i know some of them i don't i can't even tell you which one is which on one of them you're supposed to hold down the button while you talk i think that's the the fire one and on the tivo one you're supposed to press and release and i always get it wrong on all of them Mm -hmm. serious press and hold and it's also press and hold on the power which really annoys me because you know you press the thing and it's got like the sense to i know what you're doing you know, I know you're trying to switch me off, but I'm gonna, just going to put up a little message saying, if you really want to switch me off, press and hold the button. It's like, just give me an option so that when I, I press switch the button, you off. just do these things. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I think that the Siri, it, it's weird, as we discussed before, and I think uh, our friend Joe Rosenstiel pointed out, it's weird, a little weird they put the Siri button on the side. It doesn't, I mean, I, I get it, but it doesn't feel like it was necessary. <laughs> it feels like that was a... Strange design choice where they probably could have just put it somewhere else on the front and it would have been fine. But, oh well. I think, you know, that remote, I think it's gotten so much better uh, than the previous one that I'm, I'm willing to let that one slide. I'm a generous person is what I'm saying. I just want to be clear, Joe jo- jo Rosenstiel is no friend of mine. <laughs> what? <laughs> okay. <You're laughs> okay, fine. He's a friend of the show. 
Uh, no, he's not not my friend. I just thought it was funny. Uh, it was all I could think about after he said it. <laughs> So I had to get it out of my system. You know what else I can't get out of my head, Dan? No, I don't. Uh, a story of a time I felt confident with the look I put together. The last time I remember putting on clothes was your wedding. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, the pandemic has hurt us all. And uh, man, I felt great. I knew I was probably like top 10 handsomest man there. You, of course, Dan, were in first place. What was your suit? Was that an off-the-rack suit you were wearing, Dan? No, like, gosh, you... no. I do, do I look like I shop off the rack, Lex? I go made-to-measure because I like my suits uh, to fit me. To fit me in That's my what body. I did for your wedding, too. The right outfit can make you feel great. And with Indochino, creating your best look yet could be more affordable than you think. And both Dan and I, of course, wore Indochino suits to his wedding. Hey, maybe it's been a while since the last time you had an excuse to dress up. But whenever that next chance is, make the absolute most of it with Indochino. Uh, Dan did the showroom experience. I did the buying online experience. You get to customize everything. I have a, a suit from Indochino with a purple lining that I really, really like, and I think I'm going to wear it to my second uh, daughter's bat mitzvah. Indochino offers completely custom-fitted suits, shirts, casual wear, and more at surprisingly affordable prices. You tell some of these prices to Molson, he goes, ah, that's how surprised he gets. But choose everything about your suit from the fabric, lapel, monogram, and statement linings. You can create a suit that fits you and your style perfectly. The best part, Indochino suits start at just $3.99 with all customizations included. Indochino is now open at select Nordstrom stores, giving you even more ways to get great fitting personalized clothing. Find your nearest location at Indochino.com. Right now, you can get $50 off any purchase of $3.99 or more by using the code REBOUND to checkout. That's $50 off a purchase of $3.99 or more at INDOCHINO.com, promo code REBOUND. Our thanks to Indochino for their support of the REBOUND. And Dan Warren's wedding. Yeah, I didn't get invited to that wedding. So. That's harsh. You know, who knows what I would have worn? Maybe it would have been one of those. You were, you were invited to the honeymoon. <laughs> that, that is true, but the honeymoon is, <laughs> is in my house. Well, partially. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And I hate to be the one to break to you, but the honeymoon's over. <laughs> I, uh, I, I've had a, a week with technology dying and in some cases coming back to life. It's been kind of a roller coaster over here. I had, uh, I thought my Xbox had bit the dust because it would like do the startup screen and then it would just be a black screen and i was like oh you know this this thing is several years old maybe it's just died but it was weird because like you press and hold the button on the controller and like the the like essentially dialogue box to say like do you want to shut down would come up and i'm like well how is that still working but it won't load and so after trying a bunch of like you know resets and stuff like that i finally went to the down the microsoft rabbit hole where it was like download this file put it on an NTFS formatted flash drive, plug the flash drive into, you know, the Xbox USB port, and then essentially, I think, basically kickstart like a reinstall of the OS on the Xbox. And amazingly, it worked, and it's now functional again. But it was a moment of remembering that consoles are essentially computers and thus act sometimes like computers, just unpredictably. And the hardest part of that entire experience was that Mac OS... Uh, it, it is not compatible with NTFS stuff out of the box. You cannot format a disk as NTFS out of the box. So I had to like get third-party software on a trial and install it just to wow, format Wow, using demo software just to do the one thing. Well, there wasn't like an open source option too, but I decided that I, was not... I think- I think there is a there's a command line flag as well where you can turn on writable uh, NTFS, but it, it's like highly experimental and not recommended. Right, um, right. So I was like, but, I'll go with this thing that seems like it's legit, and I only need it for this one <laughs> stupid. So, so is this Xbox going to be your next Mac <laughs> Mini sort of? 
uh, dying I, every other I episode. do not want to take it apart. So that's that. I you know I had the brief moment where it's like, ooh, now I can get one of those new Xbox consoles. Oh, but you can't get them anywhere still, and they're being scalped for huge. You can't get them anywhere, and there are no game. I think Microsoft have yet to release a single first-party game for that console. I mean, they've released um, stuff, I think, but just not stuff that's like specifically. Yeah, I think- but I think for it. Sony released a first-party game on that console before Microsoft did. So, Well, I could have bought a new PlayStation, but I can't get that either. <laughs> yeah, well, no. I mean, you can't buy anything. You could buy a Playdate, except uh, they sold 20,000 of them in 20 minutes. God, it was um, so stressful for me. Let's talk about Playdate for a minute. <laughs> Dan knows. I was on a plane when I was trying to order it. And, you know, they had a, I thought, a fairly thoughtfully designed web experience to try to get folks through. And I know they had some inter- international order issues due to a third-party plugin they were relying on for international orders or for checking international shipping. But I was there right away, and I was like, oh my God, this is going to take so long or be so delayed by my airplane Wi-Fi that I'm going to miss the first 20,000. I did get into the first 20,000, but <laughs> I was the the bare end of that. I think my number starts 19-something. While Lex was doing that on a plane, I was doing it while boarding a plane. Totally different. <laughs> on my phone. <laughs> on my phone, like trying to get through the airport Wi-Fi. I was like, oh, turn that off. Go through straight to the 5G. And I had the same thing where it's like, you know, I was like, oh my God, I'm going to like get on the plane and the signal's going to die because the tarmac usually has terrible reception. And I completed it like as I was like stepping from the jetway onto the plane, it went through. Well, I had uh, no intention whatsoever of buying one because I have one. Yeah, I know you have one, you little... <laughs> what a dick. <laughs> but um, uh, a friend of mine uh, down in England was got through like the whole thing and then ran into the problem the with international, the international yeah. orders. And it said you know, it, they wouldn't ship them to the UK. And he was like, they're not shipping to the UK? And I was like... I, that's not what I heard. Um, so I went through the the order thing just to see all the steps of it, and I got to the end, and then I was, I was like, like, "Might as well, might, I, might, as, might as, well as well just <laughs> buy." <laughs> so I, I bought one. Uh, the the final hardware is not exactly the same as the dev hardware, so that's mm. kind of why I convinced myself that sure, I needed this. Yeah. But as it turned out, his order number was one different from my order number once <laughs> we both got through the order process. Wait, so wait, oh wait, Juan, I have a question about the order numbers. Then, what does that dictate? Like where you are in the line yes we know? they're yeah. sequential they are they oh. seem to be sequential so, lex which number was it? you were in the 19,000s? I, I think i am actually hyperbolizing when i say that hang on okay. let me tell you my exact I, i'm gonna look mine up now my mine uh, is but a don't li- read it don't read it on air okay just in I'll case. Just, yeah no no i'll say the range but i i will i mine says late 2021 so it is the first batch i know that but yeah. i wasn't clear mine mine is a uh, starts 15 5 oh mine, mine starts st- i'm in the 8000s <laughs> I'm in the the sixteen one range. So, so like, I, I, I I was like a, a freaking European with this process. That's how slow it was for me. <laughs> I mean, I think the I, I I was disappointed that you couldn't buy the little dock and the pen, mm. and I don't know why that was. I wasn't really following, but you know, I I went for the the one with the cover because you know I didn't buy. I just bought the straight up. Just the <sighs> I, I wanted to have a, a little cover because it looked cute. Um, but, I did buy the cover because I didn't even know about it until that. And I was like, I don't know if I'm supposed to get this or not. I'm just going to get it. Like I was, I was just trying to get through ordering as quickly as possible. And I was like, well, if it's there, I guess I'm supposed to get it. So I did. Well, now, now I'm like, oh my God, should I add the cover? But what if that influences my order? Oh no, I don't want to. Maybe I'll be able <laughs> well, to. Well, I'm sure it. they're shipping the ones with the covers first. Like yeah, that's, that's probably why wouldn't they? Well, but yeah. I don't want to add the cover just in case it means like, oh, now we've delayed your order. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's traditionally the Apple way is like the cover arrives. Arrives like, like weeks before, yeah. W- yeah. Yeah, the, well, I'm excited about that too. And it's like, I feel like it is a, 
It's been a little while. A little while. Lex, it's been a little <laughs> I'm while. I'm letting it go. Thank I'm you. go. It's been a little while. <laughs> been a little while. I couldn't, I couldn't do it. I couldn't let it go. Uh, since I feel like there's been a, a sort of a third-party device that I've been super excited about. Like, oh, this thing's coming out, and it's really cool, and seems funky. But I, I honestly, I did get to use one at WWC two years ago now. Uh, <laughs> and it was super interesting. Uh, and I thought it was clever and cute. And I showed it to my wife. And she's like, oh, that seems kind of cool. And I was like, yeah. I mean, and like for a console that's under 200 bucks, like, you know, I know it's not an Xbox, it's not a PlayStation, it's not intended to be, but like, I love the idea and I like a lot of the folks at Panic and they seem super pumped about it. And I think that's the big, the yeah. big selling point for me is how excited they are. And there's a bunch of like small indie developers, you know, like the Lucas Popes and people of this world who are doing stuff for it. And I like their games, and I I, I want to see what what they do with the thing with the, with the crank. And I've seen some of the, the stuff. Yeah, and it, it I just keep wondering cool. how James is using the crank. Like, is it is but, it okay. to do numbers and pcal? Like, like do, do you want do you want the absolute truth here? Like yes. the, the shameful, terrible truth. Absolutely. Is, that, is cable sent me one? I promised him point blank that I would do something cool with it, and I did not because oh. the pandemic hit and I completely lost all my motivation for doing oh, no. this. And so I had to confess this to, to Cable like uh, a few months ago. And I was like, I feel really terrible because I have this cool thing and I've not done anything for it yet. Well, I will point out somebody else might have guessed it on this podcast last week. We were supposed to do something together for it, and that fell apart. Or damn it, Maltz! <laughs> uh, I have a message here from Cable. It's, he says you should send it to me. Then that's just uh, that's just what it says. I... Okay. All right. Great. Uh, Done. Problem solved. I, I will say I, I have this belief that I don't know if you listened to their podcast episode at all yet that Panic put out. I saw. It. I haven't listened yet. It's it's quite well done, you know. They, but they have this podcast episode where they talk about how they made it and more about the system that they've announced during that video about how you'll be able to use a web based tool for uh, creating. Yeah, that that looks really cool. It's kind of like the it, it's like a making games for I don't want to say making games for kids, but you know, it, it's it's a sort of simplified high end uh, system for making simple games, and it looks really cool. Yeah. And so like, I, I have this belief in my head, like, oh, when that happens, when that's available, and if it's like adventure mode, storytelling style games, I, I might do that. And then I, I have this sense that once push comes to shove, I will not do that. But I really today believe that <laughs> oh, I will do that. The, I, I mean, I think that completely justifies you purchasing. I was going to say, I was ready to promise to our Rebound Prime subscribers right here, the official Rebound Adventure game coming soon enough for the play date. <laughs> but I guess I, I I'll mean, hold off. I mean, yeah. <laughs> You know, two people have got dev kits, so... And, and we know uh, John Maltz. Uh, <laughs> he's a funny guy, John Maltz. He's, We're not he... naming names. No, <laughs> sorry. John Maltz. Yeah. Uh, anyways. Yeah. Oh, so the other... I had two more parts to that tech dying in uh, story, and uh, one of them was a, a tech that really bit the dust. I have a radio, a bedside, like, nightstand radio that I've had for years. It was literally a test unit I was sent at Macworld because it had like a 30-pin dock in it. And it was 
a fantastic radio. It was Cambridge Soundworks, which no longer exists. And it had, but it was like a, it had great sound. It had all these good alarm alarm features. I gave it a really great review when I reviewed it like a decade ago, uh, and I had been using it all this time because I wanted just a. Uh, sometimes I like to have a actual radio for things that don't need to be connected to the internet. <laughs> and uh, it died. It, it was slowly dying. The LCD had gone, and it was like not showing the correct time or anything. Like the indicators were all screwed up, and then. Uh, this past week, I turned it on one point, and it just, like, buzzed, like, hummed at me. <laughs> it's like, well, I think that is fucked. <laughs> so, I think you should take it apart. I'm not going to do that, uh, but I did buy... I, I, You know, I again, I like the idea of just having a radio, and I was looking around at what kind of options there were, and I ended up... Um, I don't know how to pronounce their name, but I think it's Sangean, S-A-N-G-E-A-N, who make a lot of radios, and, like... I think my dad actually has an alarm clock made by them that's, you know, from the, like, 90s or something. But they have this really funky-looking radio that's got, like, a wood, like, retro look to it. And I decided, like, uh, it was well-reviewed, and the wire cutter was one of their picks. And I was like, I just need, like, a really basic radio. Uh, And so I bought it for, like, it's, like, 80 bucks or something. And uh, I love it. It's really, it sounds great. It's got... It does have like an aux jack and stuff. So if you uh, want to plug in or sorry, a line in, if you want to plug in like a phone or something and it has a headphone jack on the back and stuff. But other than that, it's like literally here's a dial to tune. Here's a volume dial and here's a band select dial and that's it. And I, I kind of dig the very simple vibe of it because like sometimes you just want to turn this thing on, listen to the radio. But yeah, I think you've you've basically uh, guaranteed that they're going to switch off AM and FM transmissions uh, within the next like month. Son of a! I mean, they've lasted this long. It's been like a hundred years. I don't know. Dates. I'm, I'm not going to look more. That up. <laughs> uh, anyway, I thought this was really cool. I, I briefly considered they have like a more complicated one that has like a clock and alarm functions and presets and all that. Um, but I decided I just liked the look of this one so much and all I really, d- I listened to like two stations, honestly. And so I figured for that, I would just deal with it. And I still have like, I have a home automation setup that at seven o'clock turns on the, uh, Sonos bookshelf speaker in my bedroom with the local news station. So I don't really need an alarm clock anymore. And I have my watch on my nightstand, so I don't really need like even like a clock radio there anymore because I don't tend to use it. But uh, yeah, I just wanted like a radio, and it's. I'm glad that someone is still just making something that simple. In the UK, apparently, they've just delayed the switch off from FM and AM, which was going to be 2022, and it's now going to be 2032. So. Really, they're actually turning off, turning it off. I don't think yeah. that's a thing that's happening in the US. I th- they've been trying to turn off a lot of stuff. Like, I think they turned off... They the, turned off broadcast um, Yes, the broadcast TV. Yeah. I think they've done that here, too, because it's like spectrum that they yes. can resell right. to the phone companies for vast amounts of money. Sure. So I think it's harder... I feel like the radio stuff is harder because there are... There are, like... Not only is it an access question, right? Like, where it's like, anybody can pick up radio signals that can buy a radio. You can buy a radio for ten dollars and turn it on, and it gets the same signal as anybody else. Uh, so you can listen to things without contributing to some company services. I revenue? know this that is, seems like well, a bad you, plan. You, it's ad supported. Let's be clear, <laughs> adverts. But yeah, I don't know. I, I I think that there's something there's something nice about it, and especially in cases if you have like a you know um, internet outage or something like that. Or in some cases, if you have like a battery, like a weather radio, right? Like if you have a power outage or something like that, it's handy in an emergency situation. I was Googling, but it, it looks like they're only switching it off for you guys. Yeah, not for us. 
Sorry, no suckers. It's fine. I I'd mean, be I, happy to hasten the death of radio in the United States. No reason. <laughs> That'd be fine by me. Boy, do I hate you. <laughs> now we find like oh, it's going to be the real divide down the middle of this podcast. It's radio. Radio Who versus knew? non-radio. <laughs> Dan's never liked podcasts. So. <laughs> I just figure out now I have to do the rest of the show in like an old-time radio announcer voice. Radio! Or not. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, I didn't want to try to out-radio voice your radio voice. So I just well, a different, you know, I was thinking like the 1920s, like newsreel. War in the Middle East. The rebound technology. Yeah. Am I right? <laughs> <laughs> the last piece of, of technology that I, I had thought was dead, but turned out not to be, was my wife knocked my AirPods off the nightstand while reaching over oh, no. to get the water one, like one night while we were traveling. And I came in and I'm like, wait, why are those over there? And she's like, oh, I might have knocked them off. And it was like, oh, I thought she was talking about this other pair of headphones that I had used at first, which are like, like when I at night, sometimes when I listen to stuff while falling asleep, I have a separate pair of headphones that I use. Uh, and then she's like, oh, yeah, the other they only like flew out of the case. But I put them back like immediately. I was like, wait, you're not going to have the AirPods, too. <laughs> <laughs> and then I tried them back in and I was having this thing where I was getting like a like a whistling, like feedback noise in the right one. And I was like, oh, no, something's something shot in here. Right. Like something hit the ground, broke or jostled loose or whatever. And I was like, oh, I got a plane trip to get back from vacation. And without the, you know, head, like, I have a separate set of headphones, but the noise canceling is so clutch that I was like, well, we'll make an appointment at the New Orleans Apple store and we'll drive there before the 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 uh, plane on Sunday. And hopefully maybe I can get it replaced. I don't, you know, we'll pay for it, whatever. Uh, and so we we made an appointment and we went to the this mall and like halfway between New downtown and the airport. And as we're sitting there, we had like, we got there early, had some time to kill. I couldn't check in for my appointment. Yeah, I was like, all right, I'm just going to like sit down and play with these a little bit just to see what happens. And of course, I, I put them in. It's like, oh, they work perfectly now. It's like, what the fuck? Uh, so I canceled my appointment and left. Remote fixing. It's, yeah. It's I, a service Apple provides. I have a couple theories as to what it is. Somebody did suggest on Twitter that like sometimes uh, like a some piece of like detritus or something can get lodged in the grill. Yeah. And that causes a problem. And so it's possible I just didn't like look closely enough when I was checking them out earlier. Um, but I was also having trouble pairing stuff because I was on the I'm on the 15 beta and it would not pair with my phone. So I had to pair it with my wife's phone. And then it's like, oh, these are Catherine's iPod, AirPods Pro. I'm like, they're fucking not. They're mine. <laughs> my uh, my AirPod Pros, the right one died with the crackling issue. Like, oh, I, I got a, one of those replaced. Ago. Yeah. And then six, well, like, two weeks ago the left one finally went with the same issue so expected to have that happen at some point oh and great. well you've got the airpods of theseus now <laughs> yeah well this is the thing when when they came back i think it was i had the they replaced both sides which is great because now they have the same battery life they wanted me to send in the whole thing rather than what they did the first time which was send you a new one and you send back the old one in the same packaging but anyway so i got a new one and i plugged it in and uh, my phone sees it as uh, James's AirPods Pro 2. Oh, yeah. And, and I keep re re uh, renaming it to James's <laughs> AirPods Pro. And, it, and every time I reboot some device, it goes back to 2. So that is going to perpetually annoy me for the rest of the life of those products. I, I don't know about you, but like I get the thing where I will... This happened for a while where I would connect my AirPods. And even though they were connected and they were like linked to me, they would say like, oh... Uh, these aren't your AirPods. You want to temporarily share audio with them? And I'm like, 
I don't understand what's happening. They're mine. Like they're connected. And I think it might've been like at one point I let my wife borrow them and connect to one of like her phones and she like repaired them and everything. And uh, I think that was a mistake because they got like stuck into thinking that they were her AirPods for a while. And that every, even when I attached them to my phone again, they were like, oh, you're just borrowing these. <laughs> like, well, fuck, um, fuck no, I bought these. Uh, you know, the the LG TVs have got uh, AirPlay 2 support in them. Oh, that's um, cool. We were having a bunch of problems with like our screen going black and, and weird things. We couldn't work out what it was. Eventually worked out it was the neighbors upstairs uh, attempting to airplay to our television. And so I renamed our television LG TV brackets, not yours. And that seems to have done the trick. What if you changed the not to up? What would happen then? <laughs> um, I, I'm a polite person. I, I, I was I was at the uh, sitting at the gate at the airport yesterday, and I you know opened the Wi-Fi screen to see if I can connect to Wi-Fi, and there was a Wi-Fi network in the airport called Get Better Passwords, <laughs> which I was like, nice. <laughs> Somebody got access to that and changed an SSID. So you connected to that one? Uh, yes, definitely. That well, that's the one to be on because it's clearly unlocked, right? Like, so one way you do your banking. Oh, yeah. I, I, I figure they're going to find it out anyways, right? Why not just help along? There's one other thing uh, that I was going to bring up. You said I, that before. I'm sorry. I know. How many one other things thing. are there? <laughs> one more thing. Steve Jobs' first drafts. <laughs> there are two more things. There are three more things. I forgot what it is, though, so I guess never mind. <laughs> I didn't make notes today either because James was going to be here, and I figured I don't have to prep. But <laughs> that's, that's fair. The only other thing I'd written down was the I don't know how apocryphal story of yes. uh, Tim Cook telling. I don't even want to uh, talk Elon about Elon Musk. Musk. <laughs> no, I don't either. I thought it was funny. I don't believe a word of it. But it's funny. I, I actually 100% believe that story. And the, the story, if you didn't, everybody has denied it. <laughs> if you didn't catch it, the story was Apple is in early conversations about do they want to acquire Tesla, and Elon says to Tim. In a phone call between the two of them, I'd I'd be CEO. And Tim thinks he means of Tesla. He's like, yeah, he'd be CEO. I was like, no, no, I'd be CEO, all of it. And Tim Cook says, fuck you, <laughs> and hangs up. And that's the end of those conversations. I fully believe it, and I fully believe that everybody denied it. It sounds very, very accurate to me for all parties involved. I mean, I, I, I can see, like, briefly, you know, the ghost of Steve Jobs' hand on his shoulder, and he just loses the composure and says it, but... I, I don't know. It's it's a good story if you're trying to sell a book, I think, and it got lots of publicity for that book. Uh, but I, I I don't know. But I'm not buying that book now because I heard the best story from it. <laughs> what if there's well, there more? Yeah, I mean, then he calls like, him back and says, "No, really, fuck you." Think about all the other people Tim Cook might have sworn at, and you just don't know. <laughs> yeah, if if you work at Apple and Tim Cook has sworn at you, you yeah. can contact us on Signal. <laughs> No, don't do that. No, do do that, actually. <laughs> to other CEOs, he was like, you are shitty. Because he's not going to drop F-bombs all the time. But, you know, he still wanted to swear. I, I just don't believe that he... I, I, can't, I just can't even... I can't even picture it coming out of his mouth. Steve Jobs? Absolutely. 100%. Yeah. Tim Cook? He just said, like, you know, goodbye! <laughs> <laughs> Did you talk about the story about Apple shutting down the non-work Slack channels? No. I don't even know this story. Oh, well, so, you know, there's the whole thing about the uh, a lot of people don't want to return to the office in Apple. And there was what? The, the hoo-ha about that. And, you know, despite them being the most profitable Fortune 500 company in the entire world and making $21.7 net 
profit uh, last quarter. But who's counting? Uh, yeah, who's James counting? James, apparently. <laughs> the uh, I'm just bitter. Um, <laughs> but anyway, apparently the, the, there was a story going around, I think it was on The Verge, that Apple is moving to shut down non-work Slack channels, which I think uh, conveniently also had the we don't want to return to the office Slack channel where people were mobilizing in it. And so, yeah, I mean, this is all, well, I haven't uh, double-checked it, but, you know, it's it sounds entirely plausible given, you know, the the whole, oh, Apple's culture can't, you know, needs to have people in the office kind of attitudes. And Apple hasn't yet joined the chorus of companies saying that they're going to wait until October now instead of September, or they No, they, no, they did they've pushed, Apple did. They've okay. pushed it back at least a month. But they did not gonna... require uh, vaccinations yet, which some of the other companies are but starting they, to do. They have asked employees what their vaccination status is, and if yeah. they don't, if you if you choose not to answer, they will assume unvaccinated. It's probably it, correct. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I, I have think not it, yet met anybody who was vaccinated <laughs> who was not like I'm, I'm fucking vaccinated. <laughs> Oh well, then you haven't. Oh well, you probably haven't met them. But they they currently work in the U.S. Congress. Uh, the people who won't admit that they are vaccinated. Yes, <laughs> I have definitely not met them. But but yeah, I mean, I I think they were saying that you know they they were going to take people's vaccination status as like they would need to have extra precautions around them as they brought them back into the office. It's not that if you say you're unvaccinated, they will let you stay at home. Uh, people uh, are going to think I'm talking about my company, which I'm not. I have a friend who works at a big company in the banking side. And my Schmack's friend who works man. at a big company, no, but the, uh, genuinely a friend who works in uh, a local friend who works for a, a banking company, there's like non-vaccinated employees uh, still have to work from home and vaccinated employees can come in three days a week. But the vaccinated employees are like, this is the perk is that we get to be here because we also liked working from home. And now there's definitely an, an added dichotomy of annoyance where the, the folks who chose not to get vaccinated and now mm-hmm. won't come into the office and aren't allowed to. There's uh, there's definitely some jealousy there, and so I'm wondering how those will play out. Have you, have you followed the the goings on with the the UK NHS or NHS brackets England app and the so called pingdemic? No, um, I, I can think of nothing that Lex has covered more closely. Frankly, I think his <laughs> his knowledge of that situation is legendary and impressive, even to me. Well, you know, I, I'll explain it to you. Dan, For me, though, just, yeah, I'm a layperson yeah, yeah. here. Yeah. So, as you may know, you know the the Delta variant is ripping through most of uh, England and Scotland uh, the what at now? the moment. <laughs> God, have you heard of viruses, Dan? <laughs> yes. Oh, no, I was just staying home because that's where all my work is. <laughs> um, but so this has led to people who have the, the the Google Apple based system for for detecting that you've been in contact with people who have tested positive. And the app then pings you to let you know that you have, and you have to isolate for 10 days. And now many, many people are getting pinged. So the problem is the app. It's not the fact that we have an out of control uh, virus or anything. So uh, companies in the UK are telling their employees to uninstall the app, because then if you don't get pinged, it's all fine. But they just announced that what they're going to do is they're going to change the app so that... I think it was any contact in the last five days or something would cause a ping and they're changing it to two days or something. So they're shortening some window to make it less effective. So it pings less. And it's like, I think you're all kind of misunderstanding what the problem is here. I will um, say the the issue that I ran into here, my wife uh, texted me to say, she was like, oh man, my battery on my phone keeps running down like way faster. And she looked in and like a not insignificant percentage of it was exposure notification framework. <laughs> Which I'm like, 
Yeah, that's really a catch-22 there, I feel like. You're kind of damned if you do and damned if you don't. But it, it doesn't get that much usage here. Nobody's really, like, it's a thing. It's enableable in Massachusetts. I I mean, I've never seen anything, which I guess means great, means I haven't been exposed, but I also haven't heard of anybody running into it. I get, like, a, a push notification, like, once a month from it, and it just a push notification that comes up and it says, like, exposure notification, and your heart stops. And then it says... You're all good. You're I'm fine. still working in yeah. the background. And it's like, oh, okay, thanks. Thanks. But, thanks. but yeah, it, it's it's clearly popular enough here that uh, it has caused, like, the, the problem was, like, supermarkets and, and various essential workers and stuff, like, the supermarket shelves were going bare, absolutely not because of Brexit or anything like that. It's because, uh, like, all the workers were apparently being told to stay home. And, you know, like, if you worked in a bar or something with somebody, then it, you, you were almost guaranteed to be pinged by this thing. But, yeah, they, they, they seem to think that the problem is with the app and all the press are talking about how terrible it is that this app is pinging people rather than, you know, like a global pandemic. Well, I just need to say that uh, now that I know that you are, have not been exposed to anything, James, and you're successfully vaccinated, I need you to start coming back into the rebound offices. Just uh, well, you, Monday. You know, I, we'll see you on Monday. I miss uh, that that sort of water cooler banter mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. we have. Oh, yeah. You know, I, I wanted to talk to Lex about Fast and Furious 9 because I know he's dying to see that film. Yeah. Uh, things mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. And this is possibly my last episode of the show because I'm going to Memphis, Tennessee tomorrow. No, Nashville. I'm going to Nashville, Tennessee. You don't even I'm know where you're going. Tennessee tomorrow. <laughs> so, uh, and their numbers are terrible. So we're, we'll see. Well, I just we'll get see. back from Louisiana, so I feel you. <laughs> So really, it's going to be Guy and me uh, are going to be like the only people. Oh no, Mults Mults will be fine in his hermetically sealed bubble. It's the re rebound that'll be the new one. Well, you know, I I I feel we're not rooting for you to get it, but you know, we're here if you need us. (laughs) 